Well, good morning. Great to be with you uh, again and to be able to share from, from God's Word. Um, I probably, I'm, I must be the last person that's going to say Happy New Year to you this year. It's getting to the point where we can't really say it anymore, but if I haven't said it yet, Happy New Year to you. I hope you had a good time uh, over Christmas and New Year. And Christmas is always very exciting and full of lots of joy, but I always find that New Year can sometimes be a bit of a letdown. It never really lives up to what people expect it to be, and so for us, we decide to not have any plans at all on New Year's. That way, there's no way that you can be disappointed, because you're not setting yourself up for anything. But one of the questions that always get asked uh, around about this time of year is, what are your hopes for 2017? What are your hopes? We had that little video there where we looked back at the year 2016, which was a year full of tragedy and full of low points, but also full of high points as well. When we look to a new year, we start to think about what our hopes are, what we hope to achieve, what our our wishes and our dreams are. And some of us set New Year's resolutions around those hopes, and some of us know better. So we don't. There are lots of people that will set New Year's resolutions to themselves. And what I've done is I went and had a, look, had a look through the internet and found the top 10 New Year's resolutions for this year. Would anyone like to take a guess what will be up there in the top 10 resolutions for this year? Lose weight. Lose weight. Yes, okay. Always a popular one. Any other guesses what might be up there? Stop smoking. Stop smoking. Okay. Any other guesses? Well, we've got two of them, eight to go. At number ten, it's to drink less. That's what lots of people um, are pledging to do around about uh, the new year. And then at number nine, volunteer. Lots of people are wanting to do more productive things with their time, so they decide that they're going to volunteer. Another one is just to, to decide to be less stressed. Just not to worry about things as much as they did in the year that went, went before, and to be less stressed. Other people want to travel to new places. That's not a bad one. I'd quite quite like to do that one myself for 2017. Travel to some new places and see new things. And for others, after having that Christmas and New Year time, they're looking to spend more time with their family, to think less about work and about all of the other things and to focus more on their family. Number five, a great, a big one is to get out of debt and to save money. Lots of people, for them, that's what their hope is for 2017. Others is to eat healthier and to diet, to learn something new, to have a new skill, uh, to quit smoking, which we had. So we had number two and we also had number one, to lose weight and to get fit. These are people's New Year's resolutions. But there's a reason that we're talking about this today. And that's the fact that most of these resolutions are over within two weeks. After two weeks, the majority of people give up on their resolutions and they go back to life the way, to the life the way it was. And of course, two weeks from New Year's Day is today. So if you've got a New Year's resolution and you carry on till tomorrow, you're doing better than the majority uh, of people. But lots of people, at the New Year's time, they start to think about their hopes and they set these resolutions and their ambitions. They have a a picture of what they want to be, who they want to be in 2017. And that's their dream and their ambition and their hope. And it's something that they want to achieve. And when they think about their hopes, it's something in the future 
somewhere that they want to get to. And you know, the Bible and Christians, we have a completely different view and a completely different picture of what hope is. We don't think about hope the way that the world thinks about hope. We think about it completely differently. You know, there are places where you can place your hope. For some people, they'll place their hope in themselves and what they are going to do on their own and what they are going to change and what they are going to achieve. If you were to ask Andy Murray what the, most, uh, what the best year of his life has been so far, undoubtedly he would say this year, where he's the world number one in tennis. He's a father for the first time. And, you know, when you ask him um, about how he's managed to achieve so much in tennis... You know, he's very, very humble, and he's always talking about his team and the people around about him. But really, he's had to hope in himself. He's had to place his hope in himself and say, I can do this and I can achieve this. If I keep on working and working and working, then I can achieve what I want to achieve. And his hope is in himself and in his own ability and what he is able to do. So some people place their hope in themselves. Some people place their hope in others. You know, if you're in a team, like a football team, then your hope is placed in the people around about you, that together you're going to be able to do great things. If you're working in the workplace, then your hope is in your teammates around about you, that together you'll be able to come together and do great things as well. Some people place their hope in the people around about them. And others put their place their hope in religion. Does anyone know where this is? Aleppo. Aleppo. This is Aleppo. A picture, I think it's an 18 months difference with the, the picture that's been held up and the view behind it. And you know, one of the hardest things about 2016 has surely been watching the news. And any time a little clip or a long clip comes on about places like Syria, places like Aleppo and other places around the world, it is so hard not to change the channel. Maybe that's just me. But it is so hard just to sit and to actually watch some of these stories and to see how people's lives are being affected. Just in, in December, the middle of December, there was a, a segment on cha- the Channel 4 News, and it was this woman uh, with a young child um, in an A&E department in Aleppo, and her house had just been shelled. The whole apartment block had just been shelled, and it fell down. She'd lost five children in that 60 minutes before, and she was left with her one last child. And the segment focused on her for a few minutes and then someone came into the A&E and it was their next door neighbour, a young teenage boy. And he, was, he came in and he was holding this baby and everyone else in his uh, flat had died as well. And it wasn't until the news article went on a little bit that you found out that the baby that he was holding was dead as well. Utter hopelessness. Utter hopelessness. And then as it went on, they left the, the room and they were sitting in the hallway. And the teenager who had the baby in his hands started to say, don't worry, don't cry. God will avenge these people. God will avenge these people. And that really stuck with me when he said it. His hope is in the fact that God is going to do something. God is going to take vengeance. God is going to punish these people that shelled their home. And again, that's not the way that the Christian faith is. Our faith isn't in the fact that God is going to do something. Our faith is in the fact that God has done something. Christians don't just hope for the future. (coughs) For Christians, hope is future, past and present. We have a living hope. When we talk about hope, we don't talk about an outcome or a dream. We talk about a person. 
when we talk about hope, we talk about Jesus Christ. He is our hope. We have a living hope. 1 Peter chapter 1 tells us, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. We don't hope that God is going to do something. We place our hope in the fact that God has done something. Our hope is rooted in the past and in the present and in the future. We don't hope in ourselves. Why would we? Titus chapter 3 says, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Saviour appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Saviour, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I don't place my trust in myself. Why? Because I see myself in that verse. That verse is talking about me. Foolish disobedient, led astray, slave to various passions and pleasures, passing days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. That's me. That's the things that I struggle with in my life. I wonder if you are honest enough to be able to say that that's you as well and that you see yourself there. I don't place my hope in myself because I'm going to let myself down. Every single time, I need to fix my hope to something more steadfast, to someone more sure than myself. To fix, I fix my hope on Jesus Christ, the one who justified me by his grace, and the one who I become an heir with according to the hope of eternal life. So we don't trust to place our hope in ourselves, because we're going to let ourselves down. We don't place ourselves, our, our hope in others for the same reason. Acts chapter 4, Peter says, This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders which has become the cornerstone, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There's no point placing our hope in other people. Why? Because they're going to let you down. People are going to let you down. It's a, it's a fact of life. If you come to this church hoping to find people that will never let you down, you are going to be in for a surprise. Because one day at some point they will. Because they are human. Because they can't even place their hope in themselves. But if you come here to place your hope in Jesus Christ, then you will never be let down. You will always be upheld. We don't place our hope in the people around about us. There is no way that they can do anything for us. The only person that we should place our hope and trust in is Jesus Christ. It is only through him that we can get to heaven. It is only through him that we can have a relationship with God. We don't place our hope in religion. Perhaps an unusual thing to hear someone say at church, but we don't. Religion is all about works. Religion is all about how good you can be. Religion is all about what you can do. Christianity is all about what Jesus has done. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We place our hope in him. We don't place our hope in religion. We place our hope in a saviour. 
He is the one that came from highest heaven to lowest earth. The one who was born and lived in poverty. Who led his whole life helping. Led his whole life speaking the truth. Proclaiming a kingdom that was coming. A kingdom of God. And helping those around about him. And yet he was hated. He was hated by so many. People hated him so much that they took him to a cross. And they killed him. And on that cross he was killed and God dealt with our sins while Jesus was on that cross God poured out all of his wrath for all of the things that we find ourselves struggling with for all of our sins they were all poured upon Jesus Christ and on the cross he paid the price for each and every one of the things that holds us back from God and the perfect man who came from highest heaven to lowest earth was placed on that cross and he was killed for you and for me But we said we have a living hope. Our hope is not dead. Our hope is alive. Three days later Jesus was brought back to life. Three days later Jesus came out of the tomb. And he is alive today. Jesus Christ is our living hope today. He is sitting at God's right hand side. And he is speaking about you on your behalf. He is interceding on our behalf. Crying out that you would come to him. That you would place your faith and your trust in him and that you would be saved. And you wouldn't fix your hope in others or in yourself or in religion, but you would fix your hope on him. He is our hope of salvation. The Bible says, since we belong to the day, let us be sober. Sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet of... And for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. I hope that when I say these things, these simple thoughts, that this is an encouragement to each and every one of you. This is why we come and we share the gospel. It is for the lost and those who need it and need to be saved. But it's also for those who are saved. I need to remind myself of the gospel every single day. It is the gospel that upholds me. It's the love of Christ that I need to know every day. This is what we're here to do. To build one another up and to encourage one another that God has not destined us for wrath. God does not want to pour out his wrath upon us. He's already paid the price for your sin. He doesn't want to pour his wrath out upon you. He wants you to place your hope in Jesus Christ. He wants you to obtain salvation through Jesus Christ, the one who died, so that whether you're awake or whether you're asleep, you might live with him. The first verse there, verse 8, says, We belong to the day. Let us be sober. Let us be different. Let us put on the breastplate of faith and love and for the helmet, and for the helmet, the hope of salvation. Quite often when you read in the New Testament about hope, you'll read about three things. You'll read about Hope, love and faith, they're quite often put together when you're reading Paul's letters. And one of the verses that comes to mind when we think about faith, hope and love is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 12 to 13. And there it says, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope and love abide these three but the greatest of these is love faith hope and love abide but the greatest of these is love why is love any greater than faith and hope 
Why, why is love held above the other two? Faith and hope are so important. Why is it that love trumps them? Well, love is the source. And love is everything. God created the world out of love. He created you out of love. He sent his son to die for you out of love. Love is everything. And the truth is, one day in eternity, if we are Jesus, if we belong to Jesus and we are in heaven, then we will be surrounded by his love for eternity. But there's one day that we will be completely and utterly without hope. Do you know that when when we're in heaven, there will be no hope? Heaven will be completely hopeless. There will be no faith in heaven either. It won't be about us placing our faith in Jesus, because Jesus will be in front of us. We won't place our faith in him, we know he's there. We won't place our hope in him, he will already have given us everything that we long for, everything that we want, we will be utterly fulfilled. In heaven there will be no faith, there will be no hope, there will only be love. And that's my prayer for you this morning, that just this simple truth will will, will sink in. That you are loved beyond degree, and you should place your hope in this love that has been given to you. And that's my hope, that that will be your understanding, but perhaps you're here this morning and you've never placed your faith in Christ. That you sit here lost. It's the same message. In eternity, you will have no faith. You will have no hope. There will be no hope for you. There will be no hope of escape from hell. But there will be no love either. You will be set apart from God for all eternity. And you will endure the wrath that Jesus paid for you on the cross. There is no need for you to endure that wrath. It has been paid. It has been dealt with. But if we don't place our hope in Jesus Christ then that is the wrath wrath that we are left with. Faith, hope and love abide, but the greatest of these is love. Let me just pray. Father, we thank you for just this time that we've had this morning to focus on your great love for us. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the hope that we have found in Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that in Christ alone our hope is found. We thank you, Lord, that our hope isn't found in the people around about us or the, the things of the day, Father. But our ho- And our hope isn't a, a wishy-washy dream that we hope one day to experience, Father. Our hope is rooted in the death and resurrection of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for him. We thank you, Lord, that we have no surer hope. And we pray, Lord, that that would just be an encouragement to everyone here this morning. That we would know where our hope is found. And for those, Father, who are questioning these things and wrestling with these things, Father, we pray, Lord, that they would know that their hope is found in Jesus Christ alone. We hope that your Holy Spirit would just speak to them. Would just make these simple truths clear to them, Father. And that today would be the day that they would place their trust in Jesus Christ. We thank you so much for him. We thank you, Lord, that we get to live for him. Father, we thank you, Lord, that one day in heaven we will be surrounded by his love for eternity. Father, we thank you, Lord, for all of the promises that we claim to from your word. And we just pray, Lord, that you would just take these few thoughts in this time this morning, Father, and through your Holy Spirit, which is committed to us, Father, that we would be encouraged through being here. And, Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.